0: Hello, welcome to episode thirty-seven of We Don't Talk About the Weather. Political discussion that to the uninitiated may just seem like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, and here is Hugh. Hello, you sound very calm. And we're here to talk about this week's news. You sound so calm. I'm calm. It's budget day.
1: You did watch the budget last week. No, I did.
0: I absolutely did not watch. I was at work. But mm-hmm. I, who <laughs> watches the budget? I, did,
1: I listened to it.
0: Yeah. While
1: well, playing Overwatch. <laughs> it's work. <laughs> I've got to listen to well it is work because I wanted to play Neo so
0: (laughs) you have to wait for Neo to update
1: yeah well it's kind of work Um, but it's it's shit it's just nothing I mean it's a nothing debate for a nothing party doing nothing
0: it's been the same budget for like the last few years where like we are going to help small businesses we are going to crack down on tax avoiders we are going to sort out the housing crisis once and for all and it's like the difference is now they're just after a Labour manifesto where that pointed out quite a lot of decent ways to actually do that. Yeah. And their response was, "I'm going to continue doing the same thing."
1: Well, they did. They're you know they're getting rid of stamp duty on houses that first-time buyers oh, on something God, under three hundred thousand, yeah. and no stamp duty on the first on the three hundred first three hundred thousand of houses that are worth under five hundred thousand, because a lot of first-time buyers buy places that are worth un- oh, that are. Between three hundred and five hundred thousand pounds. It's a lot of first-time buyers doing that, um, which will make housing developers money. Will make <laughs> me money. It'll make it easier for us to sell our place.
0: Is it like cargo cult logic, where they um, kind of lay the things on the ground and expect the helicopters to come back, like they did in that um, on that island in the second oh, world it's war? Starved to death. So what they're doing, please, capital, <laughs> is if they lay out that a lot of like very expensive houses are now easier to buy, (laughs) people will buy them and, by that logic, become rich.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that makes about much sense. Like, um, so the Tories were a tribe in the jungle Hmm. who were happy with capital flying in every so often, but then one day they lost their shit and Brexited through spears at them Mm -hmm. and then they ran away, but now they're desperate for them to come back. Desperate for the explorers to come back and so they're just aping it and failing.
0: They do also worship Prince Philip.
1: They do.
0: <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> oh god, yeah. And that's well, rumours—it's not the uh, same tribe. As, there's a like,
1: rumours of um Figgy um royal wedding as well for next year.
0: Oh really? God, yeah. But it's it's also like second rate budget, second rate royal wedding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, although Harry's wedding could be pretty entertaining. Depends on if they let him.
0: Be I it. saw something on Twitter today that was like somebody at their wedding with two banners one saying um, I'm getting married on Friday and then all his groomsmen had a banner saying because bo- Saturday night is boys night I hope that happens at the royal wedding
1: <laughs> yes yes someone like crudely draws a swastika on, his, on the back of his head with a sharpie you know crazy Dave <laughs> Yeah, so the budget. Yeah, yeah, they didn't
0: really do anything. They they stuck to the same plan because they've hemmed themselves in on in so many ways. Like they could, with all like, with all like kind of like political consistency, if you Mm. will, set themselves out as a modern right wing like technocratic party, and they could do, frankly, half the things that are in the Labour budget. There was somebody talking. They are a
1: technocratic party. He said, "Cyberspace." (laughs) (laughs) He did say cyberspace.
0: did he really? Good yes. lord. And what, what What was it relating to?
1: I think it was to do with um, VAT avoidance from like eBay sellers.
0: <laughs> we are going to be. It was hard to pay much attention as I
1: was having a particularly hard game of a watch.
0: <laughs> should have played Mercy, mate. Just <laughs> easy. By random character. Oh, I see. Fickle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, like, they've hemmed themselves in so much because you can imagine. A number of much more radical measures coming from a, in any way sensible, like right wing. Well oh, yeah, look at Macron. At least he's doing something. I mean, there was a there was an article this week about how from Owen Paterson about how he wanted Brexit after Brexit, he wanted Britain to become Singapore Mm. because they're so similar. Mm. Yeah, they're so similar. One island that's completely urbanised as opposed to, you know, a much bigger island that has kind of a huge rural population and a massive post-industrial legacy left over that needs dealing with first. Yeah, that's totally the same thing. Anyway, you could see a right-wing government doing that, but they've reverse-triangulated themselves. All those years when Labour was chasing the Tories to be more right-wing, and... They, Jeremy Corbyn comes along and kind of overlaps them and says actually I'm just gonna stick here and stick for this particular social democratic yeah. pro- program which actually you know what there's a load of business people who will actually probably deal with that it's not a particularly like socialist or communist thing to say but that's absolutely I think it's accurate mm. like it business and capitalism in this country would probably work better it's not my it's not like my like priority or anything, but it yeah. would work better under like a social democratic.
1: Well they system. do. They always do. They it's do. Um, it's their own greed that ends up killing them.
0: Mm. Um, There's a particular set of historical circumstances and, and the way that like Britain has managed its kind of post industrial decline mm. that means that they've become reliant on housing, they've become reliant on service industry jobs. Mm. They've become reliant on the city and finance in a way. Um, and there's a load of class interests there that can't be circumnavigated in the same way that Corbyn can circumnav... Like, I mean, Corbyn has a particular, like, maybe working class interest, mm. which he can just sit there and represent all fucking day and get people enthused about, which they can't. So they're mm. they're now trying to keep up their class interest with the finance sector and landlords and things like that, not punish them too much, yeah. but also try and head off the idea that they are remote, like a remote elite kind of a unit
1: mm. it's
0: dumb the housing stuff is so stupid yeah because
1: like, there was again the thing of affordable housing which how much is affordable housing it's something
0: it's not that much lower than market rate um it's 65 i think percent of market rate which is still in london unaffordable yeah like it is unaffordable no it's too high so like, and um
1: and it's still that thing of focusing on first-time buyers, where this, mm. the vast majority of this country can't... They can't... They don't have £100 at the end of the month. Yeah. So how are they going to ever get a deposit?
0: I don't have £100 at the end of the month and I consider, like, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm all right in London. Yeah. Like, just about. Yeah, so it's...
1: That's so dumb. And yeah. it also it's that thing of... They do this... Because it is about... And the Tories don't really give a fuck about the housing crisis. They, well, it's a way to make money. Um, And... If you really wanted to deal with housing... Mm you do kind of need to start limiting how many how, people, how many houses people have.
0: Yeah. Because there
1: is enough... There, there's a load well, of different... enough housing in the country for everyone to have, like, five buy-to-lets.
0: There's a load of different steps you could take to break the power of... Because I think... I I don't think that they're not fussed about the housing crisis. I think they're fucking terrified. Because as well as being an owning case, as well as being a landlord caste, if you mm. like, they're a ruling class. Mm. They're a ruling caste, I should say. Um there is some element of them that wants their rule to continue and wants the state to continue they have no idea how to break the back of this particular landlord class that has so much power mm. and so much money mm. they have no idea how to put the brakes on and so i think like they keep doing these little things that hope that people will landlords will behave better or put forward better conditions and it's like well why why would they no
1: they don't you know over. no no
0: yeah. sure yeah. So, yeah, what well, we were going to talk about them. So, yeah, this week we're just going to kind of catch up on. Yeah, because we've been
1: off for a bit doing yeah, our.
0: we've been we've had our like uh, our little break yeah. now from actually having to <laughs>
1: look. At Pay attention the news. to the news every week, which we
0: which was good. It was good for a bit. Yeah, it was good. But we want to get back to kind of issues that are happening right now mm. and kind of last three weeks or so. Yeah, a lot of Brexit stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Brexit. So we've had. Um, there's been a few things that have happened. Um... People talking about human rights, yeah. uh, leaving the Human Rights Act. Mm. Um, they say that there's go that they will not need to renew the European Human Rights Act after Brexit because the snapshot of EU law that they take in that came along with the Great Repeal Act will bring all those rights in anyway. So you'll have those rights anyway,
1: mm.
0: and it kind of feels like. You just don't like the fact that the word European is in there, do you? There is that,
1: but also they're going to repeal bits that they don't like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they've already done the thing with um, animals don't have emotions of your brain.
0: Oh, it's yeah, the uh, the animal sentience part of the yeah yeah. You uh, know that's so that you can that um, meat will remain the same price. Somebody in Whitehall has made that calculation that actually probably after Brexit, meat's going to get super fucking expensive. Oh I mean, yeah, of possible. because it all comes from Europe and the US is either very sketchy or has huge import uh, export kind of restrictions mm. on it so it's and the thing i can you think like can you think of a more damaging set of circumstances than people not being able to buy meat in a oh, supermarket. Those um people will fucking go to the, like I'm talking like the bourgeois like middle class people. Yeah. Well no, people. you know,
1: like um on Question Time. It's start killing. It um, the picture of the nine guys, there'll say like nine guys mm. that gets posted a lot around um oh, yeah. on Twitter of the nine puce coloured men yeah, the ones who, really who really wanted to, really wanted to nuke, nuke the world. Nuke weapons, yeah, yeah. Nuclear weapons. Um yeah. nuclear. How do you feel how do you think that kind of conservative mm. is gonna deal when they're told that they can't eat meat every day Yeah. when they find out that they can't have that, that kind of you know the kind of roast beef that a very specific kind of man likes mm. where it's like a joint of roast beef yeah. and I, I'm a cook I ate meat for a long time I know how you can make a nice ro- roast hunk of beef yeah. but the way that that kind of person likes it <laughs> when the meat turns that shade of grey and it's grey all the way to the core and it's like old leather yeah. when they're told they can't have
0: that every Sunday <laughs> When they're told that when the prices go up at the Toby Carvery, yeah, I mean it, it may just be as simple as that that the prices will go up. But in any case, you they can will see, go up anyway. But they won't go that... up
1: as much if you are, yeah. if you if you allow people who work in abattoirs to spit in a cow's face because yeah. they'll work for less money. Yeah, we could get a lot of really dodgy people there working in abattoirs. We you like <laughs> get rid of all the little safety checks that we have yeah. at abattoirs. Hold
0: on, hold on, hmm. dodgy meat coming from abattoirs. <laughs> what kind of planet would that be allowed on? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I can't see anything bad happening. If you, like, reduce regulation on a lot of these things, you definitely wouldn't have something like, I don't know, horse meat getting into the food supply. Like,
0: yeah, I mean, it's not like there's been several huge outbreaks of disease amongst mm. uh, meat and meat products yeah. over the last 20 years yeah. that have required the destruction of thousands and thousands of animals.
1: And just think how much cheaper it would be to destroy all those animals if you just punch them all to death, because you'd have to worry about killing them humanely. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love the way that they would like... um. A bunch of Tories won't give a fuck about this, even though they really care about animal rights when it comes to halal. <laughs> then it's like, oh, that's a cruel way to kill an animal. <laughs> but now
0: that the law says it's okay, it's not cruel. Maybe they'll be all super into halal. They do care about animals. It's just the specific dogs that are used to tear foxes <laughs> apart. They're oh, the whole, they're the dogs. They did you care about.
1: did you watch that video?
0: Yeah, I did the hunt sab video. Oh, was...
1: it's so fucking horrible. Yeah,
0: so it's a it's a video. I can't remember what site it was on, but it's um, hunt sabers. Going to a a hunt, yeah. as they would. Yeah. And they're kind of coming onto the onto the field to no. check that the person is no, they're
1: standing on a field and outriders see them yeah. and go for them. And then one of them charges a bloke with on her horse mm. and he grabs the bridle to stop it from stamping him and biting him. And then she starts screaming at him and beating him with a riding crop. <laughs> and then there was a load to be of people... fair, at
0: least 60% of that is genetic memory. Can you yeah, imagine that's... anybody who goes to a hunt who doesn't okay. have that immediate, like, unconscious impulse to beat a prol <laughs> from the top of a horse? Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, there was like, oh, James O'Brien was pissing me the fuck off about it. Is that
1: my dog barking?
0: It's your dog kind of hurling.
1: I like don't. Mm. A... <sighs> um, but yeah, James O'Brien was going on about it. I listening to fucking obviously. But um, it's like, well, you need a riding crop. And I know quite a few people who ride horses mm. and. They've they've always been very much of the opinion that you have a riding crop when you're not a very good horse rider. <laughs> it's it's a cruel thing. It's a very cruel. nasty. You don't. It's um like even James O'Brien's explanation defending using a riding crop that he has no awareness of is like, but to make the horse go faster. It's like, <laughs> why are you making the horse go faster when it doesn't want to go any faster? You asshole. <laughs> are you in a rush? In your morning <laughs> commute to the fox. Anyway, that was a horrible video. But yeah, you know, they're the they're going to be very happy about animals not having sentience, maybe they can have fox hunting back. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff with the Brexit. There's like um what other things that are they done?
0: The the one this week has been the Irish border.
1: Oh that's fine. Um It's fine because we'll just we'll just take over Ireland and make them leave the EU too. It's it, it's great because <laughs> That was Dan Adam's idea that they should leave the EU too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it would just be so easy, yeah. because they could just leave the EU, and when they said they don't want to...
1: They could just leave the EU and accept the Queen to be their head of state, again, <laughs> stop speaking that stupid language of theirs.
0: <laughs> it's a, we'll it's... do it on a
1: Sunday, it'll be nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the amount of which like, people don't know about Ireland, mm. and like, my family's from Ireland, and I don't know anywhere yeah. near enough about how the Republic operates, anything like that, mm. They've got a very long border, like open border with Northern Ireland since the Good Friday Agreement. They've got like 200 crossings, mm. roads that go in and um, out of the border. There's a bloke on the radio who's got a house
1: extension that goes over the border, so if there's a hard border, he'd have to tear down his house extension,
0: because <laughs> his house is on both sides. <laughs> One idea was that the Northern Ireland would remain in the EU, and the, so the border would be like, like Belfast, like that, the the sea, basically. Okay. So we're um, we
1: going to have to split Belfast into two, like an East and a West Belfast, with one part controlled by the British government and one part controlled by the EU, and we'll build a big wall. <laughs> be fine. We'll be fine.
0: There's plenty of uh, examples in British history of when that's worked perfectly. Yeah. Cyprus, in European history, South Africa. Yeah. India.
1: Walls always work. Uh... <laughs> Just drawing up borders when you're in a rush has always worked well for us before. It's <laughs> <laughs> so fine for us. It does not work fine for the people
0: who are there. Um Arlene Foster got involved by saying that um the Mere Irish de one, de. the Irish Day the one... <laughs> the um the Irish Prime Minister who's kind of shit, he's like seen as their macron. Oh. He's I think he's um half Indian. Yeah. Leo Varadkar I think his yeah. name is. Again, this shows up the fucking ridiculous nature of how little we fucking know about Ireland. Yeah. Considering it's, you know, there. It's right there. fucking there. But then I suppose you don't get any stuff about Wales, so why would you get stuff about Ireland? Yeah, exactly. Um, he was accused of kind of trying to blackmail because he wanted a firm answer. He's like, right, no more discussion about this. We don't decide later on. We decide now, and that's what it is. Yeah. And then then we decide everything else. Yeah, because, so, you know,
1: how dare the head of a government of a foreign country want to know what's going on with his border? Mm. And stop being
0: talked about like they have no say in it. Yeah, it's it's how it's how far they haven't come. They've yeah. never really. They, when they think of Ireland at all, mm. they think of it as the backwater. Still, mm. it it had a huge like tech economy. Well, it's like its own thing. But there's people who even like the there's still plenty of Tories who still think of it as kind of us. They don't see why. I think it's like a, a, only a slight adjustment in that they can't see why they don't just do what we do, mm. what the British do. Mm. You know, it's oh, it's so strange.
1: There's the other thing I saw: the um, devolved powers that um, the devolved governments of Britain have yes. given up to the EU yeah. are not going to go back to them. Ah, uh, that's going back
0: to the British government. So we're talking there? about kind of control over certain budgets, I guess city yeah, budgets city budgets and grants. I don't, I don't know like specifically that. what they are, but I know yeah. specifically
1: that Labour didn't give a fuck about it either. No. No. Which is why, you know, they asked Ply to vote for them last election. <laughs> <laughs> um they they elected a good leader in um Scotland. But Yeah. If you want independence and control, why vote for Labour? Yeah. That's yeah, that's the thing with them.
0: And now the the kind of like, and it is a national dialogue that always gets sent out because it's not as I know that like the Sun do separate issues for Scotland, but it's not as if Scotland and Wales are not considered to be just part of England. It's mm. and yeah. therefore just involved just in the same decisions. And the entire kind of rhetoric of the last five, ten, twenty, thirty years has been sovereignty control. Yeah you know national like nationalistic policies patriotic policies like patriotic neoliberalism mm. basically and the, yeah the idea that you would not understand that rhetoric when it comes from wales or scotland mm. when you've literally just been piping that into the home counties for the last 20 years yeah. it's so fucking bizarre um, plenty um, of people have drawn the comparison between like brexit and scottish independence and yeah just just my how do you not understand it? My blood's still up because I watched the Michael Sheen speech <laughs> in Buffer <laughs> where he
1: listed off all the crimes of Britain against Wales. <laughs> that's really good. But um, yeah, the thing that he, he added in that was um, there was the Encyclopedia Britannica. Mm. And it used to have the entry for Wales, which says, for Wales, see England. Yeah. And that's still how, not just with Wales, but like Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales. Yeah. And the Republic of Ireland, it yeah. seems like it's still in the head of the likes of Jacob Rees Morgan and
0: Dan Hannon. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's also EU commit uh like the EU referendum, the vote leave campaign's been investigated for overspending. That's not surprising. As well. Um apparently the Electoral Commission is investigating whether vote leave, the lead campaign is to leave the European Union. Breached campaign finance rules. At issue is whether the group fronted by Boris Johnson and Michael Gove spent more than the seven million pound limit. Also being investigated are two other Leave campaigners, Darren Grimes and Veterans for Britain. They received donations of six hundred and twenty-five thousand and a hundred thousand respectively from Vote Leave during the campaign, and spent the money on the same consultancy firm. So mm. it's like it seems like that's kind of astroturfing. <laughs> yeah, basically, like they they gave it to slightly affili- affiliated groups mm. that then. Ultimately, overspent spent more than they should have. Yeah. Uh, again, it's like a lot of people saying, "No, oh, this is, this is it. This is the silver bullet. This is the one that kills it." And it's no, no, it's it's done. It's 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 done. Like it's. Leaving. I do
1: think it is. Yeah. It's
0: good. also there is
1: that part of me that the thing I want now is for us to leave the EU and then go back in five years and have to have the euro, because I think everybody who voted leave deserves to lose their pound coins.
0: Everybody who voted leave would be
1: dead in five years. That's a good point. Well, not everybody. There'll still be some of them from lack of beef. Yeah, actually, yeah. From lack of beef. They would have all left to move to France with their subsidised meat.
0: Yeah, it's... Um, there's this, There's still this weird disconnect in the language around Brexit. Like, there's... The Leave people, who are the same as they've always been, projecting Mm. these like insane fantasies upon Leave, like everything that Leave could be. Mm. And there's the Remainers who are like getting more and more crazy by the day. Oh, yeah. Going insane. And I wonder if it's like, I was thinking about this today. And it's, do you think it's because the the reason why everyone goes so crazy and makes such like, well, that, but like these grandiose claims projected. On what Brexit is or what Brexit should be, hmm. it's because it's literally the only time they've had the chance to approach anything near a utopian project. I was thinking about it the that, other day, because, like, they think about the vote leave people. It's like, yeah. we could become Singapore. We could yeah. be a high tech, like, cyberpunk dystopia.
1: Yeah. Um, even though you wouldn't be able to convince, like, you wouldn't even be able to convince, like, a quarter of the country to vote to turn this place into Singapore. Mm
0: Mm-mm. mm-mm.
1: Not, if, not because if you said it enough, they'd naturally look
0: into it. Yeah, and find out that you know, eighty percent of land in Singapore is <laughs> state-owned. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of housing is state-subsidised. They have almost like all, they have a shitload of council housing. I think it's like eighty percent of their housing is council housing. Yeah, if you can't spit on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the cane does kind of the, the caning caning for offences does kind of bring it down a little bit. Yeah. But. No, they're, they're projecting these, these fantasies over mm. what it could be, and I, I'm not sure where... I'm, I'm, I only had the thought on the train over, and I'm not sure what the Remain fantasy is, but they've definitely become more... It's they've that. tried to project their cosmopolitanism out more, and so like they're embracing everything. They're embracing life. If Esperanto not just... was still sort
1: a of thing, they'd all be learning Esperanto. Yes, Yeah.
0: that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: they'd be eating chicken in a basket, having, eating, talking in Esperanto, yeah. and like planting pampas grass in the front garden. It's like the kind of
0: thing, you know, like, oh, I don't really like all well, that. That was that. pretty good. Why didn't <laughs> I get a laugh for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's quintessentially British, that whole pampas grass uh, swinger link.
1: No, that's a thing. That's a that's a Like in the modern day, the kind of person that puts pampas grass in their front garden. It's a cultural signifier for we speak Esperanto here, and we have key parties.
0: My parents really loved that. No, no, I used to put them out. I don't know, you've been over this. I had no idea same. that that was a thing until you told me about all a sibling. year ago. And you and your brother and sister all look different. <laughs> <I> don't. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not, you think of the, like, politi- like hmm. the political class, commentators, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Tories, not known necessarily for their flights of fancy, but this is the one opportunity where yeah. they get to go fucking wild.
1: But even there, their flights of fancy,
0: like there are the ones who I talk mean, they're about cruel who... and they're horrible yeah. dystopias, but, but they are flights of fancy nonetheless. But the, there's the ones who want it to be like want Britain to be like Singapore.
1: Hmm. But there's also a whole bunch of them that really just want to get rid of those windmills and are utterly convinced that the windmills were put there by the EU. <laughs>
0: well, my favourite strain of le- vote leave person is um, we're going to make Britain into Norway or Finland. That's weird. That's That's a weird one. a really weird one. This longing for like this social this very very like social democratic state.
1: Yeah. Maybe it's because they cottoned on to how racist these places are (laughs) they're like oh maybe.
0: (laughs) They're pretty white. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. They don't it's odd. It's just all the all the kind of like Language is like seizing opportunities, you know. Or on the other hand, this is the greatest disaster. This Mm. is everything. Everything is that everything will grind to a halt. You know, fourteen paid, fourteen tweet threads, huge threads, said in the same breathless cadence. Mm.
1: It's also that kind of thing. Of um, you get it all the time, and it's a lazy thing. It's meant that politicians have been able to get lazier of voters putting an idea of what that politician is Mm. out there. And assuming that they're this person. Like uh um, Barack Obama was a good yeah. one with the assuming that he's like this really lovely, cool guy and he's really nice and he's really friendly, yeah. and he's you know, killer robots in Yemen. Yeah. But um best with Hillary Clinton, the yeah. idea that Hillary Clinton, for a start, doesn't have a problem with gays. Yeah. Next, that she doesn't have a dodgy racist past. Yeah. Um And, like, all the other... She's
0: not willing to do literally anything to achieve the greatest goal in her particular milieu. Yeah.
1: But then it gets pushed to this extreme degree of this, like, kind of Yas Queen idea of her. Yeah. um, Which doesn't exist. And their campaign relied on it because they didn't have anything else. Yeah. Macron. Yeah, Macron did. It's the same thing. But Um, Macron over here, not Macron in France. Um, And then, like, with the opposition to Trump... Mm. Um, he is a monster, so they're quite lucky that all of their yeah. imagined monster images he has done them.
0: <laughs> he repeatedly proves them true.
1: <laughs> yeah, but if he didn't, mm. I reckon that they'd probably assume that he did. Yeah, um, and that's kind of what the vote leave the vote remain people have done. I think yeah, as well that kind of just and um, feel comfort comfort in their imaginings. Yeah,
0: because like the the remain people are super like anti. Anti-re- anti-revolution isn't isn't even like accurate. It's anti-anti-reform in many ways. Oh yeah. You remember the period before the yeah. election when it was it was mainly the, like the EU flag, avies on Twitter, who would leap in and say, "Well, of course you can't make hospital parking free." Well, yeah. Um, it was those people. Yeah. The well, the vote, Rem- the
1: better in campaign. The whole Remain campaign was about, "Hey, everybody, everything's all right." Yeah. And that's why he lost. <laughs> <laughs> because it isn't, um, but yeah, they're, they're fucking weird people. It's weird, yeah.
0: I was they're just weird. trying to. I, I've never. I've, I still don't understand like Brexit on in really any capacity. It does seem <laughs> to. Be, there seem to be some things forming, mainly because they're running out of time. They reckon yeah. there'll be uh, some kind of agreement on like how much you would pay. We would pay to the EU by December fourth. I don't know whether that will happen, but I don't. That's the thing. I yeah. and I pay it. I. Try and pay attention, yeah. And I still don't know what's happening, really. Realistically, it's so bizarre, it's so bizarre, it's odd. It's gonna like, like, dominate everything for decades, and yeah. it's so,
1: I'll never forgive any of them for it.
0: And you know what? I can, I can forgive, um, I can, it's one of those things that I kind of forgive Labour on because they're like. Hedging their bets at every turn. Well, no, okay. something there's no, but that. No one knows what, what's going to
1: happen with Brexit. Real, realistically, yeah. it's still so up in the air. It's going to be shit. Hmm. We know it's going to be shit. But Labour, at the moment, they don't have any fucking say in it. So the yeah. best thing to do is to do what they're doing, which is construct a plan for how to be good, regardless.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and then when people go like, "Well, I knew the militant Remain people," because if you just had that and nothing but that probably be polling at six percent of the fucking yeah, vote.
0: There was a beautiful um like Twitter meltdown last week. Somebody was shouting about, um, don't you understand? Austerity will get so much worse if we leave the EU and it's like we were still in the EU when austerity came in. Yeah. It's not because of that.
1: Are you telling us that if we leave the EU because of austerity we'll end up like Greece? <laughs>
0: It's what, it's what happens when you fully absorb neoliberalism and all the arguments for austerity without actually thinking about why it happens, the class dynamics, etc., etc.
1: Yeah, also, I don't take... I really can't handle taking economics advice from a lot of these people who don't really understand
0: anything. Hold on. How did you know it was a stand-up comedian? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, they're the worst.
0: How did you know it was a panel show? Yeah. How did you know this person worked on Radio 4 intermittently for the past 20 years? Um,
1: a male comedy writer who hasn't worked for about 5, 10 years. hmm um, what's wrong with these people? Is there a single stand-up comedian who isn't a fucking moron? No,
0: there are there are some, but the ones that are the worst are predominantly that band of entertainment where you might know them by name, yeah. but you wouldn't know anything particularly they've done other than they're on Eight Out of Ten Cats or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's or weird. Have like, I got news for you? Once, yeah.
1: something like that. It's weird because like the, the TV writers, I've noticed quite a few of them. Mm. um... And because, you know, watch a lot of TV, wife in TV, so I know the names. Mm. And they're all so horrible. But the thing is, other than my wife, the only writer that I spend a lot of time around is not at all like them. Because <laughs> I just don't understand what's wrong with these people. Because, like, I saw Matt Ford was doing all of his stuff.
0: Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: Matt Ford is a fucking bellend. Like, I'm the, th- the rumours are that he
0: paid Dave
1: to put his show on. <laughs> because they wouldn't
0: commission. It. I read his. I what I, uh, read. I watch. I listened to his um, political podcast for about half an hour. The yeah, like,
1: political podcast, as well as his political show. Oh
0: yeah, it's called like it's Matt Ford's political party. It's our main rival, oh. you know, because we're we're <laughs> nearly up there. Like,
1: <laughs> well, when I was in Edinburgh, he had the most posters that I saw. Yeah, and those posters are expensive. There's there's something. There's a lot of money with that man. Like for someone who mm, he's oh, he just.
0: That's I haven't managed way. to like actually work out my unified hermeneutics. <laughs> hermeneutics? 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 Let's say that. Let's say hermeneutics! Okay. Cut. Hermeneutics of panel show comedians yet. Yeah. But I will say for Matt Ford, he peddles a specific brand of like wonk comedy mm. that's aimed at people who say that they have the politics bug. Yeah. They like yeah, that they that they like politics. Not political ideology or anything about ideology bad. Just just they like the process, mm. all the political processes, all the Westminster stuff. They like that.
1: They have a thick of it, Abby.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. And they quote, you know, Malcolm Tucker all the time and they <laughs> combine swear words. Yeah. Cockwomble, all that kind of shit. <laughs> fucking awful it's fucking That's all uh, yeah, Mandatory are hanging well. for anybody who uses the word cockwomble.
1: one <laughs> of the Russell's on his stupid programme, was um complaining about, there's like, I think it's in the public sector, it might yeah. be, that there's been, they're handing out leaflets now explaining to white people how to talk to anyone not white. And he what? thought this was disgusting and stupid and f- like, this is just insane, this is just brilliantly stupid, ha 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 ha. It's like,
0: no... I mean, no. A lot of are... it
1: seems like, like, okay. Yes. I, a lot. Okay. I can guarantee that I'd read for it and go, "No, I know that stuff." Yeah. But There's a lot of people that don't. Yeah. There's a lot of people that would just assume, and just, you know, do it. But you know, whose whose opinion on whether white people in the public sector need to know better how to deal with non-white people? It's not white people. Yeah. Because they bliss like blissfully ignorant, wandering around, touching people's hair, going, "Isn't it curly?" You know, and shit like that. that, I think that was one of the bits in it. It was like, you can't feel their
0: hair. Maybe that's the clue to it. Like, a lot of bad comics... Like, you know how Stuart Lee has gone on about for years and years about how his goal is to isolate his audience, to break them down? And all the best comics Mm. do that kind of thing. They actually put you in a state where you're ready for surprise and Mm. you become more open because you're basically scared yeah. That kind of thing. There's a there's a comedy theory thread kind of that goes into that direction. A lot of the shit comics at the moment follow the the kind of Peter K model mm. where they I'm just I'm just here to have a laugh and bring everybody together. Mm. So they've got that kind of centrist bug. It's like everybody's the same. Yeah. Therefore I'm a unifier. Therefore I'm bringing everybody together and to see something that breaks that apart is not only probably financially worrying for them yeah. but it's also kind of an affront to how they view the world mm. you know they are, they're they unifiers they're not dividers that kind of thing and it's like sometimes you need a bit of division because I you're yeah. not the same person no you are the same
1: we went over We're this not, for like a oh. number of episodes about how Tony Blair told us
0: <laughs> I think that's the closest I've ever gotten to actually think I should oh, I want to think about it more but
1: I'm not going to watch any of those fucking comedians eh? no because that's fucking horrible yeah, fuck comedians, they're all shit. They're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Hmm. But let's go on to one of the other things that we want to talk about this week. The phenomenon of the Russian terror bot. <laughs> Ruining the world, electing Trump, getting Brexit all from an abandoned building somewhere in the outskirts of... I don't
0: know where they said it was. Deepest Kiev. They probably think it's Kiev. Yeah, it's like all that. the same. Even the Kiev's deep. in the fucking Ukraine. Um... Yeah, we were talking earlier about... Ukraine is a kind of Russia. (laughs) It's medium Russia. (laughs) It's not quite as extreme as full Russia. So are you saying, so in that, like, Poland is light Russia, Hmm. Ukraine is medium Russia, and then Russia is heavy Russia.
1: Yeah, Russia is like proper Russia. (laughs) Yeah, that's real dangerous. Like but- if a, if a political com- if a pol- politician or a political commentator has been on holiday to Poland or the Ukraine, or mm. well, it's not the Ukraine, sorry, um, then they're suspicious. But if they've been to Russia, Russia, then they're definitely you know a communist.
0: Whatever happened to people calling countries the? There's only a couple of them. The Ukraine, the Gambia. Was it the Gambia? I'm sure I've heard people call it the Gambia. I have no I idea. A of what the, linguistic reasons only a couple people of have
1: that were the, the thes, but um, I don't know. Maybe because it's like I think it might have been a bit racist because it's like they're just a region.
0: Yeah, like, maybe
1: like the moors,
0: the Donbass. the no, mo- because uh, it, it, it's not the Yorkshire, is it? It's never. I mean, I know that's obviously in the country of the people who are actually fr- who are actually framing this linguistic the West device. Midlands. No, because there's no there's it's not the name of a thing, is it? It's a like Midlands, a it's a it's a it's lands. a vague geographic and political designation, yeah. but it's not the name of the country. It's like not know, but I'm gonna go on the fact that the, they don't like it. Yeah. So I'm
1: not gonna I don't like using it. I try not to use it. Um yeah. but you know I play a lot of computer games and they still use it. So Um But yeah, so Russian bots.
0: Yeah. We were talking earlier about kind of the way that the Remain vote has projected its particular fantasy, and, and mm. it, it sounds crazier every day. Mm. This Russian bot phenomenon of blaming bad things that happen on Russian bots, mm. it started to get worse.
1: Yeah, yeah, super bad.
0: It's, because it's among, it's kind of ha- grown up among, like, a liberal intelligentsia that's had a massive, sh- a, a number of massive shocks over the yeah. past couple of years. It's like a disease, and it's starting to reach a lot of places you would not necessarily have thought Mm. Um, so it's like they've gone like Louise Mensch.
1: Yeah, yeah, they definitely in a lot
0: of cases, it's kind I think of a lot of them after the election
1: because I think Brexit was a shock for for all of them. Yes, and yeah. then the election was just a shock too far. And I just think that they should have all had
0: been given a break.
1: They should yeah. have gone to like a sanatorium or something, <laughs> just to, just to calm down for a bit.
0: Just twenty million people all kind of sunning <laughs> themselves. Well, no, because it's not twenty million people. Because, the... because it's mainly it's probably like, realistic. Okay, you're talking it's about being like mechanic... one hundred and fifty
1: people on Twitter no, who started no, this fucking is... mental I'm sure disease. It, I'm
0: sure it is more than that. I, I would not have no idea. Patient that...
1: zero is is Louise Mench. She was the one that brought the mind worms in. But also,
0: she's a contradictory figure because she's a Tory and
1: no, she's not in America. They think that she's a liberal.
0: <laughs> but was she was she a lever? Was she a vote Leave person when she was here? I'm pretty sure she would have been because she was very hard right on a number of different things. I don't think she believes a lot of things.
1: I think it's really... If you're going to try and peg her down to one specific thing that she thinks, it depends on whether the mind worms have eaten that day.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's... This weird kind of liberal disease has kind of eaten its yeah. way through a lot of... Like, yeah, you expect it. Political commentators don't require evidence in a lot of their... A lot, lot, don't require, like, good reasoning, oh, proper no. evidence in any of their particular weekly columns or anything like oh, yeah, that. Just
1: look at anything Dan Hodges writes.
0: Um... There was a uh, an article that came out in the Social Science Computer Review, like an actual academic publication.
1: Yeah, but about I could write um, something and just call it something something review, and people might take it seriously. The, is it actually a thing?
0: The Brexit? No, it is a thing. Okay, I remember. I remember scrolling through the title when I was at <laughs> okay. university. Yeah, the Brexit botnet and user generated hyperpartisan news. Um, they try to identify Twitter accounts yeah. that spouted. Right wing, it doesn't even have to be the weird thing. Is this doesn't have to be right wing, so I heard
1: hyper partisan, so yeah. anything that's to the left or to the right of yes, yeah, because
0: their idea is that Russia's super left wing because it's anti American, therefore hmm. it attacks American imperialism at any road.
1: But also, also, it's the USSR, the other
0: side, yeah, also the other side, super right wing, um, uh, racist kind of uh, hyper nationalist memes, which is also kind of Russian, Russia, <laughs> sure. yeah, maybe they're right, okay. <laughs> Or maybe
1: they're completely wrong about the idea that
0: Russia is... It's all right, it's fine. I'm going to go and kill David Davis now. I'm convinced. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, From a total of 794,000 Twitter profiles that tweeted the Vote Leave and Vote Remain campaigns, they identified the location of 60% of them by triangulating information from geo-coordinates embedded in tweets. From this cohort of users, only 30,000 users were identified as based in the UK, a smaller population than the set of 40,000 accounts that have been deactivated, removed, blocked, set to private, or whose username was altered after the referendum the latter group of accounts represents 5% of all users that tweeted the referendum 66% were users who changed their username since the referendum but remained active on twitter designated hereafter as repurposed or recycled accounts 34% or 13493 accounts were suddenly blocked or removed themselves from twitter so that's after the election so yeah. they've looked at it they've seen where they were and they've seen that they tweeted both the vote leave and vote remain campaigns they have taken this evidence and then decided they must have been Russian bots because they were trying to increase division?
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then they deactivated de- their accounts?
0: There were a number... Of, it was basically anything that where something changed. Oh, my God. It's really weird. I've lo- I read this a few times and tried to work out what how they were identifying because there's a difference between bots and trolls. Mm. That's their... Their thing—they're used interchangeably by a lot of the yeah, like Remainer yeah. people.
1: Hella, Loose does it.
0: Yeah. So, oh, you're a troll. You're a bot. Mm. Like, tweeting somebody who's like swearing at her and saying you're a bot. It's like you yeah. know, bots don't necessarily swear, right? Yeah. You know what a bot is? For oh, Fuck's sake.
1: But yeah, like a Twitter bots, a bot isn't doesn't really respond to you. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. Like, exp- like look, read one of your articles, point out where you're wrong, and call you an idiot. <laughs>
0: So they, the rest of the article, I'm not going to read that whole Mm. thing, it's super heavy on stats, it's not that interesting, you should go and read it, it's very funny. In what follows, we disentangle these groups to finally concentrate on a set of 13,000 accounts identified as bots. So that means that's the same number as the ones that were suddenly blocked or removed themselves from Twitter just after the election. Okay. Right? There's another paragraph down the bottom that says, although both trending Ple- at Trending Please and at Nero are bots... Nero? At Nero, because he came off in, what, July 2016?
1: He's a particularly advanced robot. I've seen him walk around the place and talk and stuff. <laughs> in fact, he's, you know, he is a person. <laughs> he's but a monster. Just, it was
0: just that, like, basic... Basically, they took... They took... The manner in which they changed, or the fact that they deactivated, hmm. as proof that they were bots, without actually looking at the content. Yeah. Somebody else on Twitter. I, I, I'm really sorry. I cannot remember the actual Twitter handle, but
1: hmm. I will probably a bit. bot.
0: I'll put it in the um, <laughs> in the episode description. But um, he went through it, and it's like, no, there's a load of these names who are tweeting things at customer services. They're yeah. not a bot. Yeah. This person appear. This person appears to be a UKIP MEP who died two <laughs> months before the referendum. Like <laughs> it's they're like, not doesn't bots. Take,
1: doesn't take much to prove that their evidence is
0: wrong. <laughs> um, there was another article in the byline. Um, usually reasonably good investigative reporting. Yeah. Maybe used to be. Um, author James Patrick suggested that the at @digery7732 account could be a Russian troll due to its horrific use of English and pro-Russian posture. He. Um, it was a Scottish. Uh, Twitter account (laughs) he queried whether any real Scott would have used the word what (laughs) W-O-T instead of Way, W-A-E, or we, W-I. He added, in almost a year of daily interaction with Scottish Twitter users, I can hand on heart say I'd never seen one of them use the word what, (laughs) W-O-T. He concluded, identifying a troll account is incredibly difficult and often has to be based on the balance of probabilities. In this case study, the account features a number of classic indicators, as well as the right messaging and off language, and was combined with potentially cut... Uh, potentially cut-and-paste photographs. On balance, at the higher end of the probability scale, it was a fair assessment that this account appears to be a foreign-based troll push it pushing Russian messaging. There was another article in the Scotsman a few days later. The reality is more prosaic. The account is actually run by a 40-something father from the east end of Glasgow. I work 12-hour shifts, he said, often standing at a gate for hours on end. Posting on Twitter helps pass the time. <laughs> <laughs> With some,
1: the thing that it all comes down to is that they're... like. In America, they are obsessed with Russian trolls. They're yeah. the reason why Trump got elected because Russian trolls were inflaming racial tensions in America that before the election didn't exist.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Didn't exist at all. There's never been a race problem in America. They're, the interactions between the races in America have always been fantastic. Um, and then here, they go and they're like, they did Brexit. Because it was a
0: relatively late thing. It's only really started to properly blossom now. Because Theresa May fucking mentioned it.
1: Yeah. It mentioned
0: Russian cyber warfare. But
1: it's um, the idea that, do you know what did Brexit? Was it a couple of thousand Twitter users? Or, perhaps, was it the press for 40 years?
0: (laughs) Was it 40 years of consistent anti-EU...
1: Rhetoric um, from from politicians and
0: the media. (laughs) Perhaps it was that it's but it's it's only really infected like obviously the russian bot thing has been a thing certainly on twitter and it's spilled over into real life in the us mm. a lot sooner but the brexit stuff it's only recently come around mm. and it's now a pretty common response to have somebody with a blue tick mm. somebody prominent mm. to have somebody disagree with them and just say like classic bot language i'm not going to listen to you yeah it's a complete erasure of the whole idea of having any kind of discourse. And they're the people who say we have to talk to people who disagree with me.
1: Yeah.
0: They're literally those people.
1: It's insane. Um, Yeah, because at the moment the kind of blue ticks you have are either like that Mm. or you have Mike Zedovich.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The greatest bot of all is managed to convince everybody he's a real boy. He doesn't speak like a real boy.
1: (laughs) He doesn't act like a real boy.
0: No conscientious Russian hacker would manipulate the voice like <laughs> an artificial voice to sound like Mike Cernovich.
1: No. No, they wouldn't. They'd say, no one will take me seriously as a white supremacist. sounded like this.
0: <laughs> Martha Wraith. <laughs> um, but yeah, their response has kind of changed from... Uh, like, they used to have the fly away troll. It really annoys me. Like, Snap... Snap things, like people yeah. used to, like, don't feed the trolls. Oh, and yeah. And fly away troll. It's like that smug fucking shit. It's like, yeah, this person... Like, if a person really is a troll, mm. like, they're unsuccessful if they don't get you to bite. Mm. But most of these people are just people who are disagreeing with them. Yeah, Most, that's of, the pe- thing. most of the people
1: they call trolls. It's because they don't understand what troll is. <laughs> it's that weird thing. It's because it must be... An if it was going to be arguing in good faith and think that yeah. they're like being nice about them,
0: yeah,
1: I'd say that they don't know what a troll is because they didn't grow up on the internet mm. at the at the time that we did, well I've trolled many a person on the internet I haven't done for a while, but there is a significant difference between um winding someone up and take um taking the an argument to its logical extreme to be a bad end on Twitter, yeah to calling Hannah Lewis a turf,
0: yeah. But then there's also a difference between doing that and like, like sending a picture of a knife to her house or something. Of course, yeah, yeah. that's absolutely fucking
1: different. But all of it gets bundled into the same thing by them mm. to justify, and they say like they, and then the example that they'll bring up is the knife, mm. and then they'll say that's why I don't have to listen to any of you. But the
0: worst thing about the people with, um, like Helen Lewis of a certain age is that given their age, I think the older people at whatever particular publication or institution they work at, they consider them tech experts. Mm. Like, I think that they probably think Helen Lewis is like a really engaged young person who's on Twitter all the time and like does podcasts therefore she knows all about that kind of Mm. stuff. And it's like, by your language you know nothing. And it's really fucking depressing because like I say, it's mutated from Don't Feed the Trolls to You're Not Real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like a significant yeah, it's erasure.
1: It's infuriating. It's and it's dangerous. They can't, you really, can't possibly. Like, some... What's the
0: point of Twitter if you if it's just going to be blue ticks agreeing with each other? Oh, like, yeah, what's yeah. the point? You might say, what the, "What's the point of Twitter altogether?" Oh, yeah, there's yeah sure, age, but... it's a fucking hell site. Mm. It's a fucking snake pit. But if it's going to exist, it should at least exist for a particular reason. Mm. You know? But um,
1: it. I don't think it'll be long until they it starts boiling out into question time. <laughs> Yes, yeah. And they refuse to answer a question because they think that you're a plant hmm. and not the normal plants that are there which are literal <laughs> Tory councillors which you see all the time. Yeah. Like there was a spate of watching one particular large man who was uh, like about three or four in a row. Well,
0: there was that guy who, um, uh, what was it? It was the, it was he was one of the nuclear weapon oh, yeah. people cycling back around to that again. Yeah. The nuclear weapon questioners on Question Time who wanted to nuke the world. Mm. And he showed up on a Channel 4 news programme about um, getting all a load of Brexiters in the room, or a load of Leave people in the room, and then the following week they would get a load of Remain voters in a room. And it was the same guy.
1: Mm.
0: It was impossible to ignore because he had magnificent jowls. I'll (laughs) say that for them. Magnificently (laughs) cultured faces. (laughs) Cultivated faces. The face you can only really cultivate.
1: The kind of face you'd normally find on a Toby Jug. Yeah, yeah. But this colour of the face would be deemed unrealistic right. by a Toby Jug artisan.
0: You could make him in Oblivion, you couldn't make him in Skyrim. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's... When it gets to the level of... Like, the Guardian reporting at the minute around it, is we've identified like 80 tweets that were published in the mainstream media. What will we do about this constant flood of fake news? And it's like, it was published in The Sun. Yeah. It was on The Sun's website. Yeah. What? How have you not gotten this yet? Oh no, you think you're on the same side as The Sun. Mm. You actually think that The Sun is a worthy thing of like supporting (laughs) and maintaining. And it's necessary for a fucking decent political conversation or a decent country. Fuck.
1: Oh, my God. Well, it's because when the chips are down, the journalist class, they they circle the wagons.
0: They're the same people. Yeah. Whether you work at The Guardian or The Sun, there are probably some outliers, I'm sure, Mm. with any group of people, but average Sun journalist... Do they know significantly less than a Guardian journalist? I don't think in most cases they do.
1: No. No, they went to school together.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of not knowing what the sun is (laughs) as a newspaper.
1: And not knowing what's going on in the world. And not understanding the internet.
0: Hell yes.
1: We watched that programme that was on BBC. What's it called? Labour,
0: the summer that changed everything. Yes. It was so I good. imagine originally it was going to be called something like...
1: The Death of Labour. The
0: Death and Rebirth of Labour. How or Corbyn Died Labor. and Kinnock Won the World. Or Labour from the Ashes, or something like that.
1: Yeah. it had it death. This documentary on the BBC definitely had the feeling of a thing that was organised by Stephen Kinnock <laughs> in a moment <laughs> of pure hubris.
0: So if you haven't watched this, and let's face it, nobody watching this... Uh, mm. Nobody listening to this right now has not watched that because <laughs> it's is like so good. beautiful fodder. Did you want to relive um, <laughs> The Last Election? Because you get to again.
1: Did you want to relive The Last Election from the perspective of the people who called you all idiots? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it, as, um, it followed Stephen Kinnock, mm-hmm.
0: um, something Powell, Lucy Powell, something Cadbury... Ruth Cadbury, Ruth Cadbury in Brentford, Lucy Powell from Manchester, Sarah Champion, Sarah Champion from and, Rotherham, Rotherham.
1: Yeah, because that's what she's obsessed yeah. with. Yeah, um, and it followed them from on the course on like the run of the election of them campaigning. Yeah. and then straight after the election and specifically on election night. Um,
0: do you yeah. do you think it's interesting that in a BBC documentary? Um the handful of m p s that they chose just all happen to be pretty opposed to yeah. uh well there's a bit with Jeremy um, Corbyn. there's
1: a bit when they introduced Lucy Powell and mm. she was in the shadow cabinet and she resigned as part of the attempted coup mm. and they have the they have the bit of footage from the t v interview that she did straight afterwards, and she's trying to get her face straight because she keeps on smiling and giggling mm. and then she get gets her face straight so she can be solemn about. I was forced into this situation because blah 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 blah, um, but you got to see some really great things, like Stephen Kinnock driving around in a Route master bus in Port Talbot, blaring Don't Fleetwood Mac from his phone into a megaphone,
0: and he's singing along.
1: Yeah, it's but the thing so is, good. it's like okay, I'm not completely au fait with the politics of Aberavon, hmm. but I'm pretty convinced that Wales. South Wales, like all of Britain other than London, couldn't give less of a fuck about London. <laughs> so bringing an old defunct RouteMaster bus, like I'm, the, I'm, your, um, I'm your local MP who spends all of his time in London, has a very posh London accent.
0: There was, a, there was a couple of weird moments with him. It starts off with um, him saying oh I haven't had my caffeine hit yet today. Which is simultaneously the most banal thing. Mm. And also the most telling thing considering the fucking fuss Hmm. that Owen Smith made about coffee yeah. uh, like but then he went for a coffee before. in Tesco was he in a Tesco's cafe he, he
1: went to a, te- well I don't think it showed him and there was another t- cafe later he's in the ones. car he's like oh I've got to go get, a- get my caffeine here we've got to go to Tesco yeah. um, but you know it showed off his, his um, literature, you had um, Ruth Cadbury trying to hand out leaflets outside of a train station. It's no outside Brentford state, train station, no which is a fucking...
0: It. I used to live down, not in Brentford, but near there, and mm. no, don't bother. Don't <laughs> even try. Well, who had...
1: Are you going to take a political leaflet on your morning commute?
0: Yeah. There was something... There Maybe was something... from,
1: like, I'll take one from, like, the Spartacists. I'll take one from someone mad. <laughs> but I'm not taking one from
0: some fucking new Labour MP. There was something so, like, dead about them. Well, like... Like, campaigning. Because, like, that is a significant part. And, look, it can't be pleasant. Like, it can't be pleasant trying to do a load of things. There was one bit outside of Brentford train station with Ruth Cadbury, actually, where she was like, are you going to vote for me? And she goes, um, no. uh, No, I hate you. It was no, because you didn't respond to my email. Yeah. And, uh, she said, um... Oh, when did you email me? Let me give me your email address. I can try and sort you out. And it's like, when did you email me? Three years ago. And she said, I wasn't MP then. Yeah, but I, well, but of course, because of uh, course, because why would why would you remember a change of MP? Because you've had exactly the same shit with all of them. Yeah, you know. But um,
1: I know, like you thought that they were like sort of sad and down because and not like energized apart from yeah. Stephen Kidlock. Um, no,
0: that man could not have en- any less energy. He
1: seemed able to fake it.
0: <laughs> that was another weird thing about him. Did you see that bit where he's going out posting um, leaflets through letterboxes mm. and it's pissing down with rain, and he has a jumper on? Oh
1: yeah, because he wasn't doing a it a jumper the time. and
0: a shirt. It's because no, he, he, he was do just it. doing it for the camera.
1: Yeah, um, well, he's like his father. <coughs> um, but they were utterly convinced that this was going to be one of the biggest Labour defeats that's ever been. Yeah. So they couldn't work up the energy to really like. Try. I can, I can,
0: I can understand that to an extent, but
1: and like Ruth Cadbury was convinced she was going to lose her job. Yeah, um, Lucy... And um, Thingy Powell was convinced she was going to lose her job.
0: Kino... No, no. Lucy Powell was in a safe seat because she was in central Manchester, I believe, somewhere. So she was campaigning in marginal constituencies around it, yeah. Manchester. Hmm. And... The amazing thing was they would go up on the doorstep and the only ones they would film was go, no, I'm not, I'm I'm voting Tory. And they would come back to the camera and then in their talking head moment they would say, oh, the only thing, that the only people who are saying is like, they used to vote Labour but now they're going to vote Tory because of Jeremy Corbyn. And it's like, huh, what happened in the election? Interesting. Mm. You know what I mean? Um,
1: There was a bit with Sarah Champion complaining, um, like, whining on about Jeremy Corbyn in his bubble.
0: Oh man Because
1: you know, there's nothing more being in a safe bubble than I'll doing maths rallies. I tell
0: you what, like that's the one thing that I saw that they were really skilled at of perpetuating a particular narrative yeah. about Jeremy Corbyn without seeming disloyal, without seeming like they were. Oh
1: yeah, because they're snakes.
0: Uh, it's it was incredible. It was the mm. one bit of like political competence I saw in that whole programme. There was, was a incredible. lovely
1: bit of um, Sarah Champion after the election um and when she wrote that racist article. And she was complaining about how she wasn't allowed to be, like, oh, under the new Labour Party, with Corbyn, Corbyn, like a powerful Corbyn. I just can't be as racist as I'd like to be in the sun. (laughs) Fucking horrible woman.
0: But, um, um, but no, like, the fucking weird love child of Alan de Botton and Brian (laughs) Eno going around. Like he's made of pale clay. Like if you cut him, his flesh would just split into two lumpen masses.
1: Because he you know he's I, like a lot of the centrists. like they put out this idea that they're smart. Yeah, that they're really smart yeah, people. They're, that the they're canniest really, political yeah. operators. And it's yeah. when they're driving into um, driving into South Wales that it's like Oh, they up upper, up, upper, the um, it's like somewhere in Aberavon and um, mm. it's like oh, it's it's mainly coal fields. Yeah. so everyone here was employed. As a coal like they're all coal villages and then when the coal mine shut down it's all been very hard for them and it's like everyone knows yeah it's like like you, caddy fucking political operator you've caught on to the fact that South Wales is shit
0: yeah it's fucking a problem isn't it when it's hard for them Mm. that's what fucking pissed me off like quite a lot like it wasn't so much with I think Lucy Powell was kind of Maybe a bit lost. more, a bit more of that. She was like, like frantic and lost, and and that kind of thing. But yeah, with Stephen Kinnock, it was, it's hard for them mm. because, like, if you're just an MP and he was just an MP, mm. like, if it's not us, mm. then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like that's how that whole system is mm. supposed to operate. But there's none of that. There's none of that understanding about why an MP's job is so shit. Why it's so shit to be on the back benches, mm. What you could do to change that. Mm. Why. Westminster and the like, the English political system as a whole has this representative MP link without now entirely divorced mm. of any representation. Mm. Has this very, very strong state, very centralised state, very strong party system where you can't break in really as a, yeah. a third party. You can only really be a kingmaker. And yet... The way it's set up is you have particular constituencies with one person supposedly representing the mm. views of that constituency when they do nothing of the kind. Mm. And there's no questioning of that. That's not even like high political theory. Oh, no. That's like a bit of history. That's a bit of knowing how it developed. Yeah. There's none of that. And maybe that, maybe, you know, maybe they do have like this amazing insight on how how it all works and where it can be improved but they don't fucking show it mm. they don't fucking show it in any interview they don't show it in this documentary where mm. they have a camera to themselves mm. for long spaces of time what like what are they for there was um,
1: one of the things I noticed with Kinnock is right at the beginning he was saying that mm. um, the basic the, pretty much he said that Labour just need to start be making headway and yeah, start to sure. be increasing the vote yeah when it comes to a day or two before the election, when the polls have changed, that it's anything other than a sheer, like a massive victory is like a massive defeat. and yeah. therefore, then for, yeah. therefore, that Jeremy Corbyn's going to have to stand down. And then when the election, when they have the election-like footage, and it's so good, and you oh. just have the, the um, bloke who made the documentary just leaving the camera on Stephen Kinnock's face, as oh. his party does well, and he gets the biggest majority that any MP has ever had in Wales, and he looks like someone should shit in his mouth. It's hilarious, oh,
0: but to be honest, I don't think I don't think his like you could see a, a, there were a few micro movements. Mm. Like if you like you observe his face, there's kind of a slight twist at the end of his mouth. His eyebrow kind of like his eyeballs are swiveling yeah. in his eye socket. I wanted to
1: do the replicant test on him.
0: Like he doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> tell me only the good things you remember about your mother, and then it's just an image of her knocking Neil Kinnock into the sea.
1: <laughs> tell you about my mama. My mother pushed me to the sea. Um, yeah, um, but none of them could pretend to be happy about no. their party doing well and their um, and their majorities going up. And I think it was Powell who then said the really important thing, which a lot of a lot of Labour MPs are saying now. And I know that my local MP is very pissed off about it. Mm. They were really happy when all these people were coming out of nowhere to help them canvass. And increase their majorities. Yeah. But now they started turning up to the AGM meetings mm. and started doing things like, Stella Creasy, we don't like the fact that your dad has a load of really senior positions. <laughs> <laughs> then they get really pissed off. Yeah. And she was like saying, Oh, I find it really upsetting and it's really it's really wrong that all these people are turning up. And it's like you fucking scumbags
0: Because all that's mattered to them, all that had to matter to them through the Blair years was the PLP. Mm. It didn't matter about the leadership. It didn't matter about like um, the constituencies. It didn't matter about that because you had, again, that strong centre yeah. that could push through all this policy that was great and you could be a part of it. Mm. You didn't want to be stuck out in the constituencies. You didn't want mm. to be stuck out in the sticks. You wanted to be in London mm. where all the big decisions were being made and all the things. And if you genuinely wanted to do good, I think there was definitely a feeling that you had to be in London. You had to be in Westminster. Mm. Not even London necessarily. Like You had to be in Westminster. In order to do that, to get those prime like cabinet position and junior yeah. minister positions, um, oh god, the um, the way that they treated the people queuing up to see Corbyn in Watford, <laughs> where you had like a big dude with a goatee. Mm. And he brought, like... He was there with his kids. His, his kids, and um, when they were getting... Um, Jer- they were inside, and they were getting Jeremy Corbyn to sign the thing, mm. and her kid's name was Zarina, mm. like, spelt in the Russian way. And you know what he said? Spelt in the Russian way, like the Russian queen. It's like, mm. yeah, fair enough. But there was that slight, like, class... Like, class... Um,
1: or like a sneering?
0: A sneering, yeah. I don't know
1: if I... I it don't know if un- I picked up on that. It
0: was like the undertone of them filming that particular thing mm. and nothing else. I, don't know, I think
1: maybe they filmed him because he was the one that when they're outside queuing and the bloke's like, oh no, you can't queue up for Corbyn, that's insane. And, the, and he just shouted at him like, oh yeah, the
0: UKIP queue's over there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that might have been why they followed him around.
0: Mm. Yeah, the bit that everyone's focusing on is um, Kinnock's wife mm. um, telling him off.
1: The former prime minister of Denmark. Yeah. Because after he turns up at the count, and a load of different channels want to talk to him. Because I, di- I distinctly had the idea in my head that this was all planned. Kinnock was going to have, is going to be on like Sky, ITV, all the different channels. Yeah. Um, and he had a speech ready. He had his talking points ready for so this is the time for Corbyn to leave, mm. and he said yes to all of them, and they're getting ready to start talking to him. Um, after I think, uh, yeah, I think he might have done one interview Mm. where he sort of mumbles his way through it.
0: He did, he ended up doing one of them, but beforehand,
1: yeah, his wife comes up to him and says, What are you doing? and he goes, Um, uh, um, I don't know. She's
0: like, she's basically saying, Why are you queuing up all these interviews? You don't have anything to say. And the way they presented her as well, like, the, the language around her was like, Um, his wife. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um, but, um, Hella, who? He- Hella.
1: Hella something. Who happens, Hella who, who happens, happens
0: to be the former Prime Minister of Denmark. Yeah. It's like, there's no happens to be about it. Yeah. He's literally the scion of a political dynasty that went across national borders. Kinnock became an EU commissioner yeah. after he quit the Labour Party. There's yeah. no happens to about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not an accident.
1: Yeah, it's like... Oh, he's just you know he's just your average guy from Talbot. Yeah, <laughs> married to a former prime minister of Denmark. <laughs> it
0: might it might seem like a conspiracy theory to say that this was commissioned by him and he approached the producers to to make it beforehand. I'm the pretty one thing that, he did. <laughs> the one thing that makes me st- like think that it, it that's probably true that he mm. did do that. Did you notice at one point they were saying um, where was it? Um, I don't think you can be a leader if no one's following you. Yeah, and. There were two people, there was Ruth Cadbury and um, I think it might have even been three, mm. Ruth Cadbury, Sarah Champion and um, Powell. Lucy Powell, who said it in exactly the same way. They said it with exactly the same wording, mm. in exactly the same way. And yeah. it's like, I feel like there's no way that that was an accident. Mm. That in some way, that was that was briefed. Yeah. That that was the line.
1: Oh, they, they were constantly briefed during the election because they were all saying mm. the same fucking thing. Mm. Um, but yeah, that the one thing that came out was, um, they had no, um, they talk like the documentary maker admits that, you know, they just didn't think that Memento were doing anything. <laughs> God. And then they go to the Memento offices and see what they were doing. And then he's like, um, they're like, oh yeah, we can just, you know, make this trailer, make this, um, advert and put it out there and we've got like 16 million views or something stupid like that. Um, and it's like, oh, and you have complete control over this as if like. Ah, oh, the centrally come on. and they were talking about how I think it was, um, I think it was Cadbury's chief of staff, mm-hmm. mm. um, who was saying that I don't think Jeremy is, I don't think they're going to be gracious winners. I think it's going to be quite trying to peg so themselves as the fucking galling. victims already. Yeah, like oh, and pretty much just like well, it's going to be a night of long knives, <laughs> yeah, type stuff.
0: If I go missing, this is my last will. And yeah, yeah. It's but like then, you
1: can guarantee that in her pocket is a note that she carries with her everywhere, and it says Jeremy Corbyn did it.
0: There was there was that all through it. Like when they were referring to um, the Corbyn bubble, mm. like it was. It's more like a religious meeting than it is. And it's like he was campaigning in Watford, and he had like uh, an Afro Caribbean like gospel choir, mm. and it's like you specifically positioned that in a place that, let's face it, has a probably has a few quite a few gospel choirs mm. that are admittedly, kind of cliched shorthand for a multicultural borough. Yeah. You know, but still, it, I. (laughs) what about, I mean, if it is a religious, if it is a, like, not a religious cult, like, they didn't put it like that, it was like a religious...
1: Well, that's people later on that have said, like, people like... Oh, a religious
0: meeting rather than a political thing, is what they said.
1: But it's because of ideology, they think they equate that with religion. All the time. It's like, um, Nick Cohen does it all the time, complaining about the Maoist cult around Corbyn. Mm. And it's like, polling at like 40%. That's a fucking... There's a lot of Maoists in this country. Has he ever how brave, how brave of Nick Cohen to be so anti this Maoist cult that's 40% of the population.
0: And you know that if he was actually called on it and said, do you know what Maoism actually is as a political ideology? He would say, well, it's just like, they're hiding it, aren't they? It's like, ah, oh, <laughs> Maoists, well known for hiding their intentions.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... Bet you he thinks Comrade Bala was a Maoist. Yeah, and the only person who thought he was a Maoist was him and his prisoners,
0: and the Chinese government <laughs> who were powering his mind murder satellite.
1: Um, yeah, it was a mind murder satellite. It was wasn't like it? a mind
0: earthquake satellite. That was, yeah, it was like
1: yeah. it had a code name that was like all the ra- all the major. It was, it was like
0: Jehovah, Rama, Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Allah. great.
1: He was a horrible abuser and a kidnapper, and he was monstrous. But also so bad, <laughs> in the most entertaining way.
0: <laughs> you, don't, they don't, you don't get them like that anymore, do you? Ah, all no, you all get... the old trot splinters have died away or joined Momentum. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and it was later on as well when the best part of the whole documentary mm. was when the Momentum people in Wales had joined Kinnock's campaign and were running from house to house really yeah. positive, really up. yeah, Like, and later on, they're finished mm. and they're like, inside someone's house or the mm. campaign headquarters or whatever. And the way that they are talking about politics is the way that I would want the world to talk about politics. Yeah. Like, they were talking about it with a passion. They were talking about it... Like, maybe they weren't going into the specific technical details of every little bit, right? Mm. But they were talking about it from a place of knowledge, from a place of enthusiasm, from a place of, like, more than just this kind of bloodless... And the thing that I got from that was because Technical it was like this, language. It was these you know?
1: two women arguing with these, um, with, um, with two blokes. Mm. And it was the two blokes who have been obviously part of Kinnock's machine for a while. For a while. Oh, yeah. And you could see it like you see it all the time with um, the difference between some of the new people who've joined the Labour Party or mm. people who've come back to the Labour Party. And they speak with more passion, and excitement, and more energy. But all the people that stayed since the yeah. ninety-two election, yeah, yeah, it's a really good watch.
0: It's a, it's very, very entertaining. It's a horrible thing that it definitely makes you not want. To. Have you ever wanted to be anywhere near politics less, like mm. in an institutional way, than you have after when you were watching that? Because oh, they horrible seem horrible people. They seem fucking miserable, and you can, yeah, you can put it off to like the fact that they thought Labour was going to lose, they were going to lose their seats or whatever, but. I'll be honest. Having seen Jeremy Corbyn in uh, PMQs or the post-budget thing today, talking about healthcare and like mm. shouting about healthcare, it's like the idea that Kinnock K- in the documentary was obviously setting himself up as he thought he could be one of the leadership potentials.
1: Yeah, or like deputy leader to a amuna.
0: Yeah, that kind of thing. And it's like the idea that that man mm. would have come anywhere anywhere close. Mm. Is ridiculous. It's laughable.
1: Yeah.
0: It's so stupid. It's like, and at the end, when he was trying to um, kind of uh, dialectically, ironically, dialectically, kind of reconcile himself to Momentum's role in the party when mm. they were filming at the conference, um, he said, uh, "Momentum need me, and I need them, mm. because mm-hmm. he's he can bridge the gap between Old Labour and the the." new momentum
1: there's a lot to be learned from a <laughs> there's a lot to learn there's um, how to lose um, there's how to betray um, how to fall over um, I there's nothing I'd, there's nothing I'd take from a nothing nothing they're horrible people other they're than, a horrible clan
0: other than occupying a particular role within the structure of the British state for yeah. years and years and years for no particular reason like yes what, in, from what I have seen of Stephen Kinnock what would you need him for? Oh, nothing if he wasn't an MP, if you if you believe in the parliamentary system mm. and that you need MPs and all that kind of thing, mm. like realistically, why shouldn't it be someone else? Yeah. What what does he have to offer? What ideas? Oh, I what, think, like new way of doing
1: things? What? Um, go down to like pubs near Whitehall on any night and mm. throw a rock, and you're going to hit someone like Stephen Kinnock.
0: Yeah.
1: They've, this isn't me. Encor- this is actually me
0: encouraging you to yeah. go down to Whitehall throw rocks. Don't go down to. Yeah, I don't... They're not for anything. It was a question people were asking before the election. Like, what are they for? No, they're what not What If Labour are not for what Jeremy Corbyn is for right now, mm. what are they for?
1: No. And uh, it's the good thing in... It, oh, it's that thing, again, of being hopeful. I'm pretty hopeful and pretty... I think maybe we've started to get out of the pattern with Labour of vote for us because we're the thing you don't want that might happen.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: definitely. I hope that it's, it stays like that.
0: I hope I hope it is strong enough to break that mm. to break that idea of a constant spiraling lesser evil because mm. we know where it ends. Mm. It ends with Tommy Robinson prime minister. Doesn't it? It ends with it ends with fascism like it's it's there. It's yeah. still there. The next economic crisis comes along mm. and people are going to be looking for people to blame, and the people they've been blaming all along are immigrants, women, feminists, mm. trans people, they've been blaming, they've they've been very easily targeted and very easily spread onto these things, and you need something backing it up if you want that not to happen, mm. and the Kinnicks of the world didn't understand it then, and I don't, Think still understand it? They're t- understand desperately trying to claw back to the way it was just before the election, where you know, mm. absolute opposition to Corbyn mm. and the sniping and the, the the side thing that actually we didn't um, we talked about it a little bit, the Sarah Champion thing about um, her writing that article and some, yeah. which we've covered here before, yeah, but just her bare face like. I simply pointed out the fact that all of the men I saw on this front cover on of this, on, on this front cover on the news last night yeah. they were all uh, of Asian extraction. They were Pakistani and Bangladeshi. Therefore, we have a problem mm. with Bangladeshi men. And it's like they're they're oh, was it? She she actually said it. She said they're the people that profile is the one committing most of these offences. Mm. And it's like that's not true. Yep. You are qualities minister. You have access to all of the data, or somebody who can tell you that that data is not true. Mm. Now, what is your problem? Mm.
1: It's um because she was saying, like, oh they're angry because I was talk- um because I gave it- I did a thing in the sun, but I need to get a sun audience. And I was looking at the circulation numbers for the sun and it's something it's roughly according to them, roughly about one point five million a day. Mm. I don't think that's true. I think it's probably a bit less than that.
0: A um, lot of those will be bulk bought for hotels, exactly. um, restaurants, witherspoons yeah. all that kind of
1: stuff But say it's even say it is one point five million. Yeah. This country is a lot more than one point five million. Mm. And they've got this, sh- this mad idea that so many people read the papers and they're as important as they are that it's willing to sell out any kind of ethics or morals to appease them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just two things I wanted to mention yeah. about that Sarah Champion thing before we finish. It links in with what we were saying before where they can't imagine a world without the sun. Hmm. The sun... It exists, therefore it will always exist. Mm. It must continue to exist, and if it is looks like it's on the way out, we must try and shore it back up. That's the logical conclusion of where she's yeah. going for. When she's talking about some people, mm. they're not people you can convince mm. to do anything else and not read the sun, and mm. not read the toxic mix of racism and misogyny that goes on in that paper.
1: Yeah.
0: It exists, and so therefore you have to keep pandering. Yeah. this last election, this last six months, this last year has proven you won't win an election doing that. No. It's fucking dumb. Secondly, the one thing I did learn about them that kind of linked into what what we were thinking about centrists, what we've said about centrists previously, is that the one thing that they do love is being the isolated voice in the wilderness. Yeah. Despite what they say about success, Hmm. despite what they say about having a consistent set of principles, what they really love is is being the one moral voice, the only person strong enough to confront the truth mm. in their eyes as they see it. It's probably the most consistent, it's probably the only consistent thing uniting the ones who actually speak out against Corbyn. Mm. Is that they have this idea that they, they're the only ones who can do it. They're yeah. the only ones and they get vilified for it. You can see it in their response every time. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm the only person who's willing to stand up and tell it like it I'm is. I'm the
1: only racist in Rotherham.
0: Yeah, and... It's probably the one thing that that unites them is this weird i don't want to say gen X idea, but the, yeah Gen X idea of moral purity attained by doing terrible shit. It's not mm. to do with morality, it's to do with your position if you're the if everybody else is against you and one and it goes back into the religious meeting and mm. Jeremy Corbyn bubble and the cult, yeah, the idea that Jeremy Corbyn would be meeting a load of people who agreed with him and who were generally like. They might not even be rabid supporters, but they could be soft supporters. Mm. But that's the worst possible thing: is a group of people chanting Jeremy Corbyn's name, yeah. and me being the one who doesn't. Yeah, like they're obsessed with that fucking idea. They're I don't obsessed know... with being
1: the little boy in the um, the emperor's new clothes. Yeah, they really want yes, to be that. That's kid. The, that's the
0: yeah. yeah, that's the correct. Yeah, that's the correct Even
1: to the point where they make up that <laughs> the emperor's naked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's dreadful.
1: Yeah, I think that's us for the week.
0: Yeah. Well, that was watch it. It's um, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> um, okay. So that's us for this week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at WDTATW underscore podcast. You can follow me at BM Bergamo and follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
1: about the fighting game when Mr. Hoover said to... The...